trying not to breathe too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was one of the things that made me most self-conscious when I started doing this was like this. It's the ones in particular. <clears throat> it would be like, I could, I would just like focus on all of like my breasts. It'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> like every single time I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's, I still, ugh. I'm such that's a like the worst part. breather. And so it can be quite obnoxious sometimes. It, it's like hearing your own voice does that, but then also like your, your, your own breathing sometimes, it's, especially if it's, it's one thing if you like hear yourself breathing, but then it's like worse when it's like, <laughs> I don't know, when it's like played back to you. Yeah. It's like some people don't even like hearing themselves breathe when they're in a Metcon, let alone. Or when people talk, sometimes it's like, why does their mouth sound so wet? Or then there are people <laughs> who have like really dry mouths and it's like, where's the happy medium people? I don't get it. Fitness Movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, ZorFitness.com. Abby Miller, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's good to be here, Ben. Thanks. Yeah, so how long have we been working together? Oh my gosh. Years. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. It was... Probably at least three or four years. I should look it up, but I want to say yeah, like four, closer yeah. to four years, maybe. A lot, lots happened in that time. I think I started CrossFit in seventeen. I want to say yeah. So not shortly, huh? I didn't. So you really didn't go that long before I started coaching you. No, not at all. Hmm. Pull that mic up nice and close. How's that? Cool. So um. Yeah, uh, let's start off here. Um, how'd you find CrossFit? I found CrossFit because I had a friend um, that I had went to high school with, and he had always reached out and like kind of continuously pushed towards CrossFit, and like, like pushing yeah. you to do it. Yeah, like you, you should like the typical. You would love this. You should try it. Yes, the stereotypical, and of course, me being me, I'm like I watch these videos of these people do these yeah. insane things. It's totally intimidating. There's no way I could do it. Um, and then eventually, at some point, I think I just caved and I was like, "All right, I'll give it a try. Yeah. Why not?" I mean, for I feel like a lot of the the people who walk in our doors at our affiliate who are just like more general fitness like they're, they weren't like a you know super competitive college athlete or something who's like i'm gonna do crossfit next and it's like super going oh i feel like the average person who walks in even if they're like pretty fit is is like yeah like i tried some other stuff and i didn't really like it or it's like i'm finally ready to make this the, like more of a commitment to right. it. give it a good shot like i was working out in my garage and i'm like i really just want to get strong i want to get super fit and just after a couple months of doing that and my friend Kyle reaching out and asking continuously, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. Mm. Were you, did you feel like you were in an unhappy place or just like that you weren't happy with your progress or like what spur do you actually gym? Cause like join, because I feel like most people, if you're like super happy, you weren't going to make a change. Right. So I was actually, after high school, I really wanted to join some branch of the armed services and my dad pushed back and he was like, you know, just go to college first. If that's something you're still interested in, 
you can go in as an officer later. So I went through all of that, tried a couple different branches. I was actually going through kind of like an entrance processing and meeting with a Marine Corps recruiter in, uh, in State College. And we had done our physicals or our physical aptitudes or testing or prep and things like that um, over the summer. And he was like, I think that you would be a great candidate for officer candidate school, but you are not anywhere near what you need to be in order to make it through um, officer candidate school. He was, he was saying that from like a like physicality standpoint? Yes. Like mm-hmm. I could do push-ups and I could do sit-ups, but I couldn't do the pull-ups and I couldn't do the running. Yeah. I couldn't run three miles in what they wanted me to. Yeah. Hmm. Do you feel like that's an experience for a lot of people who go to join? I feel like, I feel like maybe you just got somebody who was like super – honest <laughs> like like I feel like oftentimes they're like yeah we'd love to have you and that's sort of the end of the conversation yeah um I mean they were still willing to you know put me through the process um I still went to military entrance processing I was still going to go to o- OCS um that was just something that he had brought up like hey I think you can I think you can do this but I want you to be aware of of what might happen when you're down there hmm. do you feel like they would say the same thing if you're a guy I'm not trying to get really deep in the discussion, but <laughs> now we're getting political. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't have that experience. I don't know yeah. what it's like to be a guy. I can't yeah. rightly say. I feel like it'd be really tough being a female in the military. Yeah. I mean, when we went to um, OCS prep weekend, I definitely wasn't the last person to finish the three mile run. Right. But, you know, it's principle. You go back and finish with the last person. So I definitely wasn't the least person there yeah. but I definitely wasn't in the top five yeah that's what I was kind of getting at like I'm sure I'm sure there's people who would treat men and women completely equally in that setting but it's like I'm sure there's also people who are like because you're a female it's like you can't have these weaknesses like physically as someone entering that yeah and that's every aspect of life hmm. I try to understand it and see it but also not try not to get hung up on it at the same time yeah so found CrossFit around 2017 do you like fall in love with it right away or like oh absolutely off to the races yeah (laughs) it took like the first workout i knew i was kind of i knew i was hooked for sure what was the first workout do you remember not a not a clue way too many workouts since then but it was the atmosphere those are the things that you remember maybe not necessarily the rep scheme or what exactly the workout was but it was the atmosphere and the way you felt Mm. Did you see really good progress in the stuff that you wanted to see meaningful change in? Or did you feel like it was more like community-based? Um, well, it started out for obviously the the physical reasons, right? But then yeah. it kind of transgressed and, and it was the atmosphere and it was the people there and it was the way that I felt after a workout, like um, crawling on the floor, drowning in sweat. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is, this is it for me. This, this is, is what great. I love doing. Yeah. I this love is everything this. I ever wanted. <laughs> and then, um, after, you know, continuing maybe a couple months, I'm like, all right, I kind of want to commit a little more. Let's see, let's see what we can actually, actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really funny. Cause usually it's something that is like someone has a physical goal because that's why they join a gym in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like as cheesy as it is and as many times as I'm sure we've heard it about the you know, cross community. It's like truly like once you actually get in the doors of a place, as long as the place is 
operated with any sort of integrity, like usually it's, it's a really good experience and that's what hooks people. Right. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think timeline here. It wasn't that long until we started working together, but, uh, why I actually don't really remember how that conversation went or if it was just, do you remember? Cause I don't. Um, not exactly how the conversation went. I knew that I was extremely nervous to like approach you in terms of coaching because I knew, um, your physical levels. I knew where your mental was like as an athlete and as a coach and it was intimidating. Right. But I knew that I was ready to make more of a commitment toward my physical goals. And, you know, looking around me, I saw, or even on social media, like you see all the time, wow, this person looks like this or can do this particular weight. Like I want that. I want to try and work towards that. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. Hmm. So do <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that before from someone, but I'm sure it's, it's, you can't be the only one experiencing that where it's like you are, you're almost nervous about asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you, do you know why that was the case? Do you, do you feel like it was, do you know why that was the case? Honestly, I think I'm so much of an independent, like kind of, reserved person that I wasn't, I don't know if I was necessarily like ready before to like approach somebody and ask them if they'd be willing to help me or guide me along or coach mm. me in these things. And like, also there's kind of like that fear of, of perception, right? Like I started this as to, to increase or decrease my time on a mile run or a three mile run. Mm. Then I fell in love with the atmosphere. Now I love the sport as a whole. And now I'm looking to get some coaching and kind of progress my fitness levels. Mm -hmm. You know, it can kind of be daunting. It can be intimidating. It really can, especially if you're if you're more apt to like a team sport. This is more of an individual thing. So it's it's just there's it's no longer being part of a group setting or part of a group team. You're strictly developing yourself. So was it that you felt like if you hire a coach that like you're sort of on the hook then to, to do all the stuff? <laughs> um, I don't think that scared me. I think I was ready for more. I was ready for more. I was ready for more volume. I was ready to lift heavier weights. Still am ready to lift even heavier weights. <laughs> but, you know, just constant hunger to continue that progress. Mm -hmm. And it can be intimidating for people, you know, either just starting out or approaching a CrossFit gym or approaching a coach for the first time and asking about programming. It definitely can, but that's where the community comes in. Mm. And I feel like generally it can be tough just to ask for help in general. Yeah. I mean, do you like to ask for help? No. If I'm in a, if I'm in a grocery store and I don't know where like <laughs> the canned tuna is, like yeah. I'm going to search for 45 minutes until I find that canned tuna because I'm not asking <laughs> anybody where the canned tuna is. Because I got this and I can figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, at least in my experience, women have been better with that than men have. Like I feel like – and this is generalizing, but yeah. – and I would guess that – like, I feel like I'm a relatively masculine coach in the sense that, like, pretty goal-oriented, like, pretty metrics-driven, pretty right. analytical in that sense. So, like, however, I've coached as a whole more female athletes than I have male. And I feel like there's it's just because there's more – and, again, this is my experience – women who are asking for coaching. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. And that's interesting. I guess I didn't think about that before. You would think it would be the other way around. Well, yeah. I mean, participation-wise, if you look at the sport, there's more males than females. Right. But, yeah. Again, I, that's just been my experience. I think another thing is, like, um, in considering coaches, like, in considering you, you took your fitness and your and your coaching very seriously. At first, I didn't even know that you, that you did offer coaching. But there was a, a brief thought, like, what if I'm not – what if I'm not – the certain type of material that this coach is particularly particularly looking for. Mm. Like what if I'm not progressing as well as quickly or maybe I'm not progressing as well. I don't know. Yeah. You you just want to make sure like, and again, this, I haven't heard this before, but I, I know this is the case that other people have thought that before where it's like, like you're, you're committing to your coach. It's like, Hey, you're putting yourself out there to, to, to ask to be coached. So it's like, you don't want to essentially be turned down right? because it's like, well, am, am I not good enough? Exactly. Like that, that thought goes through your head, even if it is completely ridiculous. Yeah. That's uh, still a fear, a fleeting fear that, that I'm sure a lot of people have hmm. and it makes it tough, but sometimes you just gotta break through those barriers and ask for help. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's very true. Um, Let's take a step back and talk a little bit about your career. Um, I don't know much about your career. I know what you do now. Um, so take us through high school. You were thinking about going the military route and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. So yeah. take us through like your career path up into like what you do now. So graduate high school, apply to college. I went to like Homing College. I went to Lock Haven University. Um, I graduated. <laughs> Um, directly. Good job. <laughs> Round of <laughs> applause, please. That's a helpful step. Yes. What, what did you study? Um, so initially I went for bio. I wanted to do the environmental track. I wanted to be like the next Rachel Carson. I wanted to write books, but I love the environment, so I wanted to put them both together. Love to mm-hmm. read. Imagine that. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely that's what I was going for. And then I've always loved team sports. I've always loved being part of a team. So that's where kind of like the military aspect came uh, came into play. Mm. And then after college, um, real life hits, and you're like, okay, now now what I'm what am I going to do? Um, I ended up working for uh, natural gas industry for a little bit. Um, they picked up and moved, and. So I was left looking for another job. I ended up applying locally, um, worked in a lab at a a food manufacturing facility. And I did that for about five years. What were you doing in a lab? Um, Testing micro, mostly, for food products. Hmm. Um, And inspecting finished products, things like that making sure they meet all of the quality and safety parameters. Like just checking for like bacteria and things? Yeah, bacteria, any type of packaging deficiencies, things like that. Hmm. Um, looking at cleaning processes, making sure everything was good there. Um, and then I and then I got into management shortly after, well, not shortly, about five years after that. Hmm. So what does your uh, day-to-day, your job look like now? <laughs> That's a whole can of worms, I know. That's a tough question you just asked. (laughs) Um, It's different every day. Every single day there's something different. And a lot of processes should be streamlined theoretically, but 
nothing ever really works as planned, especially not in manufacturing. Mm. Can't expect it to be perfect every day. Yeah. And I mean, I know you've been getting calls all hours of the day and night, like all kinds of stuff going on. Just like you said, it's different like every time. Um, I mean, first of all, how do you navigate that? As best I can in the moment. Um, So, you know, that varies from the day to day. I try to be present um, to my staff, to my employees, to my coworkers, to my team members as much as humanly possible. But I am human, so I do get phone calls at 2.30 in the morning that sometimes I sleep through. Um, sometimes I get... Good for you, Abby. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> sometimes I get phone calls at 5.30 in the afternoon that I miss because I'm doing class. But, I mean, there is never a moment that I don't make myself um, accessible mm. to my facility. Yeah. I remember we've had several conversations about this, but I remember one in particular, it was, it was just like a rough stretch where, you know, if I'm Frank, it was like, they're being super needy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, man, like, I feel like you need to set a little bit, a little bit of boundaries, which is tough as like, I'm your fitness coach. I'm not like your life coach, Yeah. but it's like, it, it's tough when like you see it impacting everything else too. And it does. And yeah, it always totally has. does. Yeah. So, I mean, ha- have you felt like you've been able to create any more separation or deal with it better than you have before? Like, what are your coping strategies or like what worked for you? Oh, my coping strategies. Well, <laughs> don't this need place to hear about all one. your coping strategies. <laughs> Lumber Capital Athletics <laughs> is uh, one coping strategy. Um, yeah. So I have I have created some boundaries, and it's been an extremely long process. I was just talking to a coworker the other day and he had told me, um, you know, Abby, I remember a time when I would pull into the parking lot and your car would always already be here. Yeah. And then I would go to leave for the day and your car would still be here. And that was kind of like the running theme of my life for five, six years. Yeah. So what? Now, I think now we're progressing more towards like kind of passing the baton developing other people so that Mm. you don't always need to be accessed at all times. Yeah. It sounds really nice when you think about it in that (laughs) way, but it's, it's a challenging thing to do to like create that separation. Did you have any specific conversations where you're like, Hey, I need to not have this happen. I need to. And, and again, I kind of pushed you for this. So if anyone's mad, come, come talk to me. (laughs) Right. Because it was all my fault that I made made you have these conversations. I made you do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, like I said, uh, developing others and kind of empowering them to make decisions on their own has been huge. Is but, that like, don't call me at 2 a.m.? Or is it, <laughs> is it more like, hey, if it's... If it's X, Y, Z. Right. If it's like all these things and we have systems in place, then it's like, hey, contact these people or deal with it yourself. Right. And if it's this issue or it's above this pr- price threshold or something, then it's like, okay, now you can call the big boss. Yeah. So price thresholds uh, in quality, that's that's not really something that we look at at the forefront. Um, mm. But yeah, we sure, we try to take that into consideration. But it's more along the lines of, um, it's more along the lines of uh, if you would be concerned feeding this to your child. Oh, Or gotcha. if there is a safety concern. 
or if there's a major problem or if a machine is down for X amount of time, like I expect those phone calls. If you're questioning whether or not you should call me, it's always safer to pick up the phone because mm. you'll just have to deal with me tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's like if safety is a concern, if major quality is a concern, if you are uncomfortable in any way, yes, call me. But you do have other people physically in that space that you can share those concerns with first before you make the group collective decision to yeah. reach out. I feel like this is a really important conversation because most people who are doing the fitness thing, it's like they're not a professional athlete where they get paid to just work out all day and like that's all you have to do. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Not quite there yet, Abby, in the organization. <laughs> the big Zor organization. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, it's super important because most people are professionals in something else. Mm -hmm. So then they're like doing fitness on the side and it's like you want to get as good as you can at like, you know, achieve your goals in fitness. But then it only works if like you can actually stay afloat in like your career. Right. So it, it's a super challenging thing for I think almost everyone to balance. Um, is there other like routines or habits that you've developed over the years to like help you meet all of your sessions? Cause right now it's like you're training often twice a day, like an AM and a PM session, you're at work, you've you know, a demanding job. Like <laughs> how do you sneak in all the other stuff that you got to do? So I would love to give you like a perfect answer. That's picture perfect, right? <laughs> that would be a perfect world. And obviously we always stress to everyone that, you know, work-life balance is imperative. Unfortunately, the sad fact of it is there is no balance. <laughs> there is none. Um, balance kind of insinuates that there are even parts moving, when in reality there are things that you have to sacrifice to do the things that you want to do. So um, when we started talking about, you know, doing this interview, I made the decision to reach out to somebody else and ask fair for kind of their perspective. I asked them, when you look at me, you know, what do you see in terms of work-life balance? Like from your perspective, what are mm. your thoughts? And um, I happened to ask my sister. Uh, <laughs> she tells me more than anyone. And uh, I, was, I was ready for an honest response because I knew she was going to give it. Yeah. She told me, well, Abby, from the outside looking in, if you want me to be brutally honest, work is a large chunk of your life. Right after that, it's the gym, and there's an even smaller part left for everything else. Yeah. So I think for me it's been um, not so much about finding balance but kind of more along the lines of adapting. So there are going to be weeks where work is going to be tough and the hours are going to be long and it's going to be stressful and it's going to be demanding, but that's – that's what I need to do to be able to afford myself the things that I love, which mm. include all of the, the fitness and, you know, things like that, living independently, you know, it all, it's not just piece by piece by piece by piece. They all kind of work together. So like I said, some weeks it's going to be tough and it's going to be demanding, but other weeks things are going to slow down and I'm going to be able to take more time for the fitness and more time for the family and more time for the dog and more time for the house you know, all these things. But um, I think it's just adapting is the most important part. And your mental state is the most important part. Yeah. I, I think if you want to be high performing in anything, whether it's your job, whether it's fitness, something, it's like you're not going to be balanced in other places. Yeah. 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 
which is tough. But like, once you like reconcile it, like, Hey, I can't be good at everything. And it's like, well, I choose to be good at these things because this is what matters. And it like helps you like when you're working really hard for something, it also helps prune back all the stuff that like doesn't matter as much. Exactly. I think you, you nailed it there. But like, like you said, I have personally for me, I have an issue with overcommitting. (laughs) I love to do or be present in everything. So I want to be the best at work and I want to be the best in the gym and I want to be the best sister and the best aunt. Um, unfortunately I've structured my life in a way that doesn't really necessarily allow all of those things to happen at once, Mm -hmm. but I've, I've chose that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless there's very few people where it's like, Hey, this is like my one focus in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, certainly it happens, but like most people they're, they're not like saying, okay, I'm putting my entire, you know, for example, putting my career on hold so I can really be present with my family. Mm-hmm. It's that's a really tough thing to do. It, right? In twenty twenty three. Yeah, and it's I'd like, like to meet that person. Yeah, but it's like uh, almost no one's in that boat. So it's like you got to figure out. Okay, with the time that I do have, the resources that I do have, my priorities that I do have, like this is where I can actually direct to like the things that matter. Right. And like just trying to be like eh, present with each one that you go to because you're that's all you're gonna get. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy to like obsess about how you're, you're not working on your fitness when you're taking care of stuff at home or how you, you know, should be taking care of stuff at work when you're at the gym or it can really easily all bleed into each other. And then it's like, it's like you get nothing done when that happens. It can be a dark spiral and it can lead you to some very strange places. But when you're confident in how much time you're affording each individual piece of the pie and you know with absolute certainty that you're putting everything you have into each part, I think that's where the the mental comes into play. It's what makes you feel fulfilled and makes you feel like you're actually doing all of these things to the best of your ability, and that's absolutely all you can do. For fitness, how do you feel like your goals have shifted over the last, I don't know, call it five, six years? Yeah. So initially, like I said, it was all based on the desire to do better in um, military fitness or military testing, trying to get in into that aspect. Um, As time went on, it transitioned to, you know, I love this atmosphere. This is what fills my cup. This place, these things are what make me happy, truly happy. You know, I want to progress in them. I want to push as hard as I can personally to develop myself as best as possible. I want to see what I can do. And, that's kind of that's kind of been the run, running theme ever since. Like you have these cyclical cyclical seasons where like one moment you're going to be wanting to do better in gymnastics, and then next you're going to want to lose weight, and then you're going to want to uh, bulk, you're going to want to gain weight, and then you're going to want to lift heavier weights. So all of those things have all been goals at some point, mm. but they change. That's actually really really interesting. It's. That's very true. Like the, the interim goals, like the short term stuff, it's like, okay, it might be to like body composition. It might be trying to lift more weight. It might be like some more, you know, conditioning based thing. It's like, those could all shift over time, but it's like, yeah, I think for a lot of people in fitness, it's just like, if I feel like I'm seeing progress within myself and that, that's like a very subjective thing. So it's, it is nice to have some concrete goals around that. Yeah. But it's like as long as those metrics are pushing forward, like 
I feel content in terms of like my fitness as a human being. Right. And we can even cut that down into a smaller piece. Let's say like the last year, year and a half Mm. for me personally, the beginning of that year or, you know, I wanted to, the goal was I had put on some weight. I wanted to lose weight. Mm. Well, now I've lost that weight and I want to lift heavier weight. So that's just, I mean, just within the last year and a half, that's how the goal has changed. The overall goal, not the overall goal, the short-term goal has changed. Mm. Speaking of short-term goals, uh, you got the super total coming up. Yes. So clean jerk, snatch, squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. Uh, it's coming up here in about a month. So actually, we've been doing some prep already, but it's more like intensive prep starting now. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Are you excited? I am excited. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for a multitude of reasons. One, I'm excited for the training. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the volume. I'm excited for the weight. But um, I'm, I haven't, I don't think I've really competed in this way in a long time. And I'm also very excited to just be in a collective environment with a group of people who are going to throw down and I'm going to see some other people lift some really heavy weights. And that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun to be in an in-person environment like that. Like it's one thing to do the open or do like a quarterfinal style test, like in your gym, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still like, <laughs> it, it just feels like a workout when you're just at your own home facility, like doing the thing. It's like, it just feels like a training session. Yeah. Um, Versus when you go somewhere and there's an environment and there's a different setup and it's, it's just fun to do that. The nerves are a little different. The yeah. environment's a little different. Everything's a little different. So yeah, I'm ex- I'm really excited uh, for that. So this this season, quote unquote, like yeah. um, within the last year or so, I wanted to start lifting heavier weights and see where I can get with that and see how far I can develop that. Um, so I think that this is a good a good start towards towards doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to see you You do your thing. And, you know, I, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool. Like walking along with you in your journey the last several years, like it, you know, it's, it's not every single time that I get to do that with a client. So, I mean, you're more than a client, but it's, it's still, it's cool to see. Yeah. For sure. I'm definitely grateful. I'm definitely grateful. Um, when I first asked you to start coaching me and writing programming for me, like I definitely didn't not saying I had, you know, a bad outlook on it, but I definitely didn't see it going this direction for Mm. this long. Um, yeah, I'm really impressed. I'm impressed. There's, there've been a lot of different goals, a lot of different life changes and you've been my coach through all of them. Several gyms, uh, pandemic, uh, (laughs) Exactly. There's been a lot. We're talking like five or six years. That's, I mean, for me personally, that's legitimately a lifetime ago, a a different life. But here we are at Lumber Capital. Yep. (laughs) And I couldn't be happier about that. I really couldn't. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to end this podcast on a super sappy note. Yeah. (laughs) Typical figures. (laughs) Hey, thanks for doing this today, Abby. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just found the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while and enjoying what you're hearing, I would encourage you to leave a rating or a review for the show. It would definitely help us out. 
And lastly, if you're someone who does take your fitness seriously and cares about your performance deeply, I would encourage you to look into hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.